Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. From the heart of the Carolinas, a voice in the wilderness, a thought-provoking broadcast in a world of ignorant nonsense. But some people without brains do an awful lot of talking. Don't they? Yes, I guess you're right. This is the Vince Coakley Radio Program. And good morning. Welcome to the broadcast. Good to be back with you. You know, all the time on this broadcast, we talk about false narratives. And you know as well as I do, there are people who have all kinds of objectives, plans, Agendas that they are looking to accomplish. We've seen this with the mainstream news media, with the Democrat Party. See, one of the unfortunate things is we have people who just don't simply come out and say, you know, this is our objective. This is what we're trying to do. They don't tell you that. They try to manipulate you. They lie to you, and they're very skilled at it, as we have seen. I have to acknowledge to you, I, a part of me pretty much did a big yawn when I heard a few days ago that House Speaker Kevin McCarthy provided over 40,000 hours of security camera footage from the Capitol building January 6th. This has been hidden for over two years from the public. When I heard this was given to Tucker Carlson, I was like, okay, who cares? I don't know about you. I'm just so sick of hearing about January 6th. I am really well beyond over it. In fact, it's pretty safe to say in many ways. I've been over January 6th, 2021, since January 6th, 2021. But for the Democrat Party, this is a powerful political tool. It's a weapon. That's what it's been from the beginning. And it's not enough to let the events of that day stand. The history of that day stand. What's most important is the narrative, the narrative that was created very quickly on that day and continues to be promoted day after day after day. It's all weaponized with one purpose, one purpose to destroy any opposition to their radical agenda. That's what this is about. So here's what's happened along the way. Breitbart reporting on what was presented yesterday evening. A pretty riveting program from Tucker Carlson presenting some of this newly released video. 41,000 hours previously unreleased raw footage of the so-called Capitol riot. What they've called an insurrection. Released from Kevin McCarthy three weeks ago. Now, the January 6th committee, all Democrats, only released parts of this video, even deceptively editing some of the footage to support claims of an insurrection. Now, there have been demands for this video for quite some time, but it hasn't been released. For instance, the case of Brian Sicknick. The media, falsely claimed, had been killed by being struck with a fire extinguisher during the riot. That was a story later retracted by the New York Times. The January 6th committee continued to claim he'd been killed by rioters, even after his death was determined to be from natural causes. Carlson showed footage in which an officer, whom he said was Sicknick, continued to perform his duties vigorously, even after confrontation by that mob outside the Capitol. Kind of an inconvenient fact, isn't it? 
Carlson added the January 6th committee's investigators reviewed that footage. It had an electronic bookmark on it. But they continued to mislead the public about the cause of Sicknick's death to further their claim of a deadly insurrection. And we have that claim. Rioters were guilty of savagely beating and killing law enforcement officers. Despite the evidence, to the contrary. Carlson also noted Sicknick was a Trump voter. Arguing his death and his body had been abused by politicians for their own purposes. Interestingly enough, Sicknick's family issued a statement angrily denouncing Carlson's claims. Carlson also released footage debunking the claim Josh Hawley, Senator Josh Hawley of Missouri, had run away from the Capitol in fear, refuted claims Barry Loudermilk, representative out of Georgia, had guided some rioters on a Renaissance tour the day before the event. This contradicted the claims of witness Ray Epps, whom Carlson said had misled the committee when he claimed to have texted a relative after leaving the Capitol. So many lies here, folks. So many of them. One of them relates to a person you have heard a lot about. Because the media, again, loves a story. A narrative that they promoted over and over again. Jacob Chansley is probably the guy you've seen the most in connection to January 6th. A Navy veteran widely referred to in the liberal media as the QAnon shaman. So what was the real deal regarding this guy? What was the real deal? Did he barge in and go into all these places in the Capitol and police were trying to get him under control? <laughs> Hardly. I want you to hear just a clip of Tucker Carlson tonight. This first clip we're going to share with you is a narrative of what actually happened, what the video shows. Never mind what people are saying, no matter, never mind what the prosecutors have done, and apparently a court has decided. Listen to the description of what the video actually shows about the visit of Jacob Chansley to the Capitol. This is the tour. Listen up. We are, in fact, we're going to wait till after the break just to be safe here because I want to make sure that we have the adequate time to go through this. This is one of these examples. It's just mind-boggling when you watch the video and you see what actually happened as opposed to what you have heard from the mainstream media accounts. And I've told you this before, folks. I'm at the point that I'm profoundly embarrassed by the profession I used to be a part of. I was just absolutely disgusted. And I've been in this place many times because when I first went into this business years ago as news reporter, I thought at the very least we were fact finders. What I found is so many people are lazy, and they aren't even doing that. And they're off to the races with some sort of narrative that is far from the truth. Coming up, you'll hear the audio from last night's very uh, revealing expose on what really happened on January 6th. That and much more as we continue our broadcast. Stay with us. Back on the broadcast, we're talking about what Tucker Carlson revealed yesterday evening. And this is from 41,000 hours of raw video. You know, this is one of those situations where the video pretty much speaks for itself. You can put whatever narratives you want out there. But we're able to see now what really happened. This texture saying, what of the Sicknick family? They knew as well and said nothing. Another person, January 6th, the complete fraud against the American people. Democrats really need to be held accountable. 
Even our own Lindsey Graham said these people in the chairs need to be in jail. They're the ones who really are the extremists. Schumer, Pelosi, Schiff, Nadler. Yeah. It's pretty ugly. The video reveals January 6th all part of the ruse. Play weak and bolding the enemies within without all the while planning their defeat. Vince, if we want to neutralize the use of January 6th imagery, it's simple. Get Trump out of the picture. As long as Trump is the front runner for the Republican nomination, the drumbeat of January 6th will continue into the election. Just one of the concerns I've expressed for quite some time. The media being used to carry out the ruse. It's genius that it is. We have a couple of pieces of audio where Tucker Carlson tells you what is actually on this video. It's pretty compelling stuff. We started talking about Jacob Chansley, a Navy veteran. He's one of the guys who has been the height of demonization. He has been their favorite target, the QAnon shaman. (laughs) You would think this guy barged into the Capitol with weapons and posed all kinds of threats to people inside and out. Not true. When you look at the video, that's not what you see. Here is Tucker Carlson describing what amounts to a tour that... Chansley received as he went through the Capitol. Jacob Chansley became the face of January 6th, a dangerous conspiracy theorist dressed in outlandish costume who led the violent insurrection to overthrow American democracy. For these crimes, Chansley was sentenced to nearly four years in prison, far more time than many violent criminals now receive. What did Jacob Chansley do to receive this punishment? To this day, there is dispute over how Chansley got into the Capitol building. But according to our review of the internal surveillance video, it is very clear what happened once he got inside. Virtually every moment of his time inside the Capitol was caught on tape. The tapes show that Capitol Police never stopped Jacob Chansley. They helped him. They acted as his tour guides. Here's video of Chansley in the Senate chamber. Capitol Police officers take him to multiple entrances and even try to open locked doors for him. We counted at least nine officers who were within touching distance of unarmed Jacob Chansley. Not one of them even tried to slow him down. Chansley understood that Capitol Police were his allies. Video shows him giving thanks for them in a prayer on the floor of the Senate. Watch. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for giving the inspiration needed to these police officers. He's leading a prayer, a prayer for the police officers and giving thanks for how helpful they were. This is mind boggling, folks. Do you get any sense of hostility here? Uh, By the way, I think it's important for me to say really the same thing I've said all along, going all the way back to other demonstrations and other things during the Trump administration. One of the things I constantly said on this program, please stay away. Protests, counter-protests, just stay away. January 6th, stay away. That's always been my position. So do not try to construe this as some sort of support for what happened on January 6th. Whatever happened. But I'll tell you what, and I've never believed the narrative that this is anything that can be compared to 9-11. That's just pure foolishness. And for anybody to promote that idea, it shows that they are not just dishonest. This is just pure evil. Absolutely evil is what it is. So you've heard what actually happened. And this is from actual video. Tucker's giving you an account of what he saw on video. Every moment, this Chansley guy is in the Capitol building, is captured on video. Every moment. 
which shows that this prosecution is apparently fraudulent. How many people in the chain of command of that probably need to be prosecuted for prosecutorial misconduct? But we move on. Because this is the argument that won the day as to why this guy is incarcerated now. This is Tucker's account of what has been put out there as propaganda about this particular man. Contrast the reality of what Jacob Chansley did in the Capitol building on January 6th, the indisputable facts recorded on video, some of which has never before been seen, with the depiction of Jacob Chansley that you've seen in the media for more than two years. He's a terrorist, they said. He should be killed. Shoot him. Shoot him. Like, if it, you burst into the United States, if he was dressed like bin Laden, would you have shot him? Shoot him. Shoot him. It makes you wonder, who are the violent extremists here? Not Jacob Chansley. And the video proves that. But you would never have known from the media coverage. The people sitting in the chairs need to be sitting in a jail cell. Chansley is in a jail cell. He's been there for months. If he was, in fact, committing such a grave crime, why didn't the officers who were standing right next to him place him under arrest? Until now, no one could even prove that even happened. But it did. (laughs) This is maddening, isn't it? Absolutely maddening. There are detractors, even after listening to this, this texture saying the January 6th narrative from the media is it was a violent attack, an attempted insurrection on the Capitol. I don't hear anything that you're saying that contradicts that. Just nice white people touring the Capitol building. Really? Are you even listening? Nobody's trying to take away from what may have happened, what other people may have done. I'm just giving you an example of one person where they've got the story completely wrong. Liz Cheney's run for POTUS just took another hit. (laughs) I would vote to put her on trial myself. Vince, you really need to stop today. You're making yourself look like a joke, and it's not very funny. What am I... What do you... What do you offer as evidence to contradict anything I've communicated thus far? As for the overall event, in the very least, I think you have to raise questions about some of the allegations that have been made and now apparently some of the prosecutions that have occurred along the way lots of questions love to get your thoughts as we continue stay with us whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits long live listening to your favorites learn more about Kaskali ribocyclob 200 milligrams at kisqali.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you This is the Vince Coakley Radio Program. If you'd like to join the conversation, call Vince on the GS Plumbing Talk Line at 800-928-1110. That's 800-928-1110. Or text the Common Sense Retirement Planning text line at 71307. Now, back to Vince. This texter would like to know from the upstates. Mr. Chansley sue for wrongful arrest and withholding evidence for his case. Great show as always. Vince, if Trump ends up winning the Republican nomination, just imagine the Democrat TV ads around the presidential election. The ad will be a video montage of the worst violence of January 6th, followed by a text that reads, as a nation, can we afford to go through this again? Vote Joe Biden. Yes, I see it. Now you're being political about it too, Vince. I don't give a rat's ass about what happened. Or what didn't happen? People died because of a bunch of rednecks. Point blank. <laughs> My gosh. <sighs> Vince, it really doesn't matter at this point what video of January 6th shows. The damage is done. You cannot unring a bell. Pointless to go down that rabbit hole. Let's move on from Trump. Anthony Simpsonville, South Carolina. Truth is not a left-wing value, especially when it contradicts their narrative. Pretty much so. 
Vince Tucker Carlson is a white supremacist, self-proclaimed. Don't lower yourself to his standards. We think more of you than that. Really? This is one of the sad things. We're at a point where people just do not, cannot look at facts for themselves. we got to join a camp. This is why I tell you all the time. Donald Trump is not going to always be right. Republicans will not always be right. Democrats will not always be wrong. We've got to be able to get beyond this. Vince, I would be one that joins you in the yawns when somebody talks about January 6th, but the people who are in prison without a speedy and fair trial, one of the main reasons why I don't. I think unless the law enforcement officers that took them on a tour and those in charge are put in jail also, including Ray Epps, it may be time to release many of these people. Hope to see more damning evidence. That is from Jeff. Yeah. What a mess. What a mess. So we'll see where this goes. Hopefully there'll be some repercussions because of my experience. I I seriously doubt there'll be any consequence. It's just not likely to happen. It is just that simple. Closer to home. I'm sure this will get a lot of attention. This is going to be... I'm going to make a prediction right now. You ready for this prediction? This woman is going to be in a campaign commercial. In some form. Or her story. In 2024. WYFF in Greenville reporting on this Greenville woman who's been arrested and charged after allegedly terminating her pregnancy at 25 and a half weeks. The current legal limit is 20 weeks. Greenville police said the coroner's office alerted them back in 2021 when a 33-year-old woman birthed a stillborn baby at almost 26 weeks. She was taken to St. Francis Hospital with labor pains, told staff she had taken abortion medication on her own. In the state of South Carolina, abortions are to be done under medical supervision. A representative from the Greenville Police said this is the first person they have ever charged with unlawful abortion. I can just hear the rallying cries now from Planned Parenthood. This is what they're going to do with this. According to SLED, only one person was charged with self-managing an abortion in South Carolina between 2019 and 2021. Furman Professor of Philosophy and South Carolina Medical Ethics Board member Carmela Epright said the legal environment could put patients and doctors in a bad position. If a patient accesses a pill like that, what do you do to treat them? Do you save mom? you save the baby? Physicians are in a really difficult situation, probably contacting their risk managers to ask, what am I supposed to do? I'm not sure those answers are clear. It's going to be dangerous for babies, dangerous for moms, dangerous for doctors. By the way, this woman in question posted a $2,500 bond after she was arrested. The maximum penalty for this charge, two years in prison, $1,000 fine. The charge is a misdemeanor. The news station tried to speak with a woman in this matter. She was not interested. And the TV station, WYFF, decided not to put out her name or her mugshot. I want to know what you think of this, especially... For so many Republicans who have made the issue of abortion significant, yet at the same time, many of the Republicans, at least most of the Republicans I've heard, I've never heard anybody talk about prosecuting the women. So this is going to be interesting to see the political implications of this, because I know that's where this is going to go. This will become a rallying cry for Democrats 
who believe women should be allowed to kill babies for any reason at any time before they are born. What are your thoughts here? And again, I come back to the foundation of this and how sad it is. This baby who lost his or her life. It's absolutely tragic and unnecessary. 25 and a half weeks, clearly viable by that point. 25 and a half weeks. And the reality is, and I've said this plenty of times, there's no such thing as an unwanted baby. Someone, somewhere, would have loved to have had this baby. Would have loved to. A life lost. And I would argue this woman's life destroyed. On the text line, this person saying quite bluntly she committed murder. Vince, every abortion is murder. End of story. Jim out of Easley. Vince, over the last few years, WYFF has taken a hard left turn. I no longer watch their local news. They have become extremely woke. Just a sampling of some of the items here on the text line. Still to come in the broadcast, another story on the abortion issue. A major drugstore chain now in the hot seat for their position. We'll talk about it as we continue the broadcast. Stay with us. And we're back with some very disturbing breaking news out of Mexico. And we've learned um, this story is just just horrible all the way around. There's been a lot of attention focused on four Americans kidnapped in Matamoros. And we've learned, sadly, two of them are dead. One is injured. The fourth is unharmed. This tragic news coming hours after the Americans were identified as a group of friends who traveled to Mexico so that one of them could get a tummy tuck procedure. Family members named the group as Latavia Tay McGee, Shade Woodard, Zindel Brown and Eric James Williams, who traveled from South Carolina. The four traveling in a white minivan with North Carolina license plates when they crossed the U.S. border into Mexico on Friday. Not long after entering Matamoros, an area dominated by the Gulf Cartel, they came under fire from a group of armed men and were bundled into the back of a pickup truck. A video circulating on social media appears to show the four friends being loaded into a pickup truck during their abduction, many of them dragged limply into the vehicle. The FBI has offered a $50,000 reward for information leading to the return and the arrest of those responsible. But again, sad news, and this is breaking news. Out of four Americans from here in the Carolinas, two of them are dead. They've all been found, two dead, one injured, a fourth unharmed. All of them traveling from South Carolina, North Carolina license plates. And uh, we'll continue to follow this disturbing breaking news story this just sends chills down my spine I think we've talked so many times in this broadcast about how dangerous conditions are in Mexico 
it's not just a matter of the illegal immigration, the issue with fentanyl, but this evidence, it's certainly not safe for Americans going into some, some areas of Mexico. How in the world do we address this issue, folks? Because it's pretty obvious what we're seeing right now in Mexico is a situation where they do not have control over what's going on. They don't even have control about what's going on in within their own borders. And they're exporting some of their problems as well. How do we address this? Do you remember a few days ago where we heard the recommendation by one presidential candidate that we send the military in to address this issue. And this was regarding fentanyl. How about the safety of our Americans? How do we address this? I would certainly add, first and foremost right now, a time of mourning, a time of doing whatever is necessary to meet the needs of those folks who have survived a horrendous experience. Oh, my goodness. Absolutely terrible story here. Just a group of friends traveling to Mexico. Already I'm seeing on the text line just judgment about the reason for going over there. And I would just say, you know, it's time to put all that aside. There are bigger issues here than virtue signaling about a tummy tuck. Think whatever you like about that. But I don't happen to believe that Americans should be in danger. Really going into any country. I go back to the words of my late father. You so many times communicated and he saw this decline during his lifetime. He saw this. He said there was a time that no one would dare put their hands on an American. That's kind of out the window now, isn't it? The government should put an embargo on Americans traveling to Mexico for any reason. This person says F Mexico. Hmm. Another person saying we should address this militarily. Close the darn border for crying out loud. Hmm. What is the solution here, folks? Love to get your thoughts as we continue the broadcast. Still ahead, we have Transformation Tuesday. Stay with us. This is the Vince Coakley Radio Program. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. From the heart of the Carolinas, a breath of fresh air, a voice of reason, this is the Vince Coakley Radio Program. Hour number two of our broadcast, and yes, we have some very strong perspectives coming in in reference to what has happened in Mexico. For those of you who have not heard, tragic news out of Matamoros. Four Americans kidnapped there. They've been found. Two are dead, one injured, the fourth unharmed, according to the Associated Press. All Americans, a group of friends traveling to Mexico, so one of them could get a tummy tuck procedure. These are folks who traveled from South Carolina in a white minivan from North Carolina, with North Carolina tags anyway, crossed the border into Mexico on Friday, not long after entering Matamoros, an area dominated by the Gulf Cartel. They came under fire from a group of armed men bundled in the back of a pickup truck. And, as we mentioned, sadly, two of them are dead. 
one injured, the fourth unharmed. If there are any additional news releases on this during the course of this broadcast, we will bring that information to you. We can tell you as well, the State Department has issued a travel advisory just warning people to stay away from this area for the very reason we described. Very dangerous area. That is definitely dominated now by drug cartels. Quite unfortunate what has happened here. Transformation Tuesday. Several items for you this morning. Someone put something on the text line here. Where did I see that? Here it is from Dean. Transformation Tuesday. Could you be a little more specific? Maybe give us a certain issue to work on transforming. I, for one, have so many issues. (laughs) Can it be a transformation buffet? I always appreciate your insights. God bless. I appreciate your text there, Dean. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. I want to touch on a couple of things. And a couple of these are spiritual. The other is actually something related to your physical health. I'm going to share something with you that may save you from an early death. It is something very simple. So you want to stay tuned for that. The spiritual items first, one of them on unity. I love this post from Dr. Steve Crosby. I was explaining to a friend who uh, was kind of intrigued by my comments about the church system and asking me what I do, which I explained. And this text, not text, but social media post, really sums up where I am. We are to be united in two capacities, in our commitment to the person of Jesus Christ and commitment and concern for one another. This distills everything down. I think we get a pretty good idea where Steve's coming from on recent events. He goes on. If we spend as much time practicing the latter as we do singing about and soaking in the presence of the former, we would have all the revival we can handle every day of our lives. For he's already given us everything necessary for life and godliness. Just get on with it. Skip the spasms of enthusiasm. But alas, the way of the cross isn't stimulating or entertaining enough for us. We just refuse to do so. And we celebrate our faithless, unbelieving, spiritually narcissistic disobedience by calling it revival. Ouch. I have a hard time disagreeing with what Steve has said here. Two capacities. Commitment to the person of Christ. Our commitment and concern for one another. There you go right there. And I'm serious about that. I believe this. If we live this out, it would be incredible. But I can tell you from my experience, I don't see much interest in these two things. Please prove me wrong. Just putting that out there. (laughs) This texture is too much. Please tell me what to think. Thinking hurts. Poor me. My brain hurts so much. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. So (laughs) I'm glad to see the sense of humor. That is definitely a good thing. Very good thing. The other item. How many of you have followed some of the journey of one Kelsey Grammer? This guy's not at all shy about sharing his faith. Breitbart story saying Jesus made a difference in his life, and that's not anything I will apologize for. Good for him. As you know, Hollywood is not a place where Christianity is fashionable. Hollywood star Kelsey Grammer refusing to apologize for his faith. 
He spoke about his new movie, Jesus Revolution, which I still need to see, as well as his ups and downs with Christianity. I've had hiccups. I've had tragic times. I've wrestled with those and worked my way through them, sometimes rejecting faith, sometimes rejecting God, even in a period of being pretty angry about it. Like, God, where were you? That kind of thing. Now I've come to terms with it and found great peace in my faith and in Jesus. It's not cavalier. Jesus made a difference in my life. That's not anything I'll apologize for. Jesus Revolution's the story of Chuck Smith, a traditional pastor who grudgingly welcomes hippies into his congregation at the height of the countercultural Jesus movement during the late 60s, early 70s. Smith's path eventually intersects with a young future pastor, Greg Laurie. This Lionsgate release easily beat Hollywood's expectations for its opening weekend. We told you about this yesterday, exceeding box office estimates by more than twofold. The move had the good fortune of opening on the heels of one of the largest so-called Christian revivals in recent years. With about 50,000 Gen Zers participating in song and prayer over a multi-week period at Asbury University in Kentucky. Kelsey Grammer's public affirmation of his Christian faith follows fellow Hollywood star Mark Wahlberg's own testimony about his Catholicism. Wahlberg saying, faith is everything, afforded me so many things. God didn't come to save the saints. He came to save the sinners. We've all had issues in our lives. And he's saying that his faith has allowed him to overcome so many things. So a couple of people who are certainly going against the culture of Washington and of Hollywood. And these are testimonies that are Absolutely encouraging to see. Still to come in the broadcast, I'm going to tell you one thing that you can do every day. I do this. And in fact, I'm stepping up my game in this particular area. They're saying this could actually reduce the risk of early death. You don't want to miss this. We'll share it as we continue our Tuesday broadcast. Stay with us. Back on the Vince Coakley Radio Program, we're following breaking news out of Mexico this morning. Very tragic news. We have some additional information reported by the U.S. Sun. Here's their account of what has happened. Two of the four American citizens kidnapped in Mexico on Friday are dead. One of the victims found alive. The fourth injured in unknown condition. This is according to the governor, the Mexican governor of that particular region. This governor confirmed the grim news in a call to the Mexican president. One of the four, out of the four, two are dead, one person wounded, the other alive. The ambulances, the rest of the security personnel are going for them to give them the corresponding support. Again, this is the governor of that region. This has to be really terrible, too, because he didn't identify which of the two victims died. So we've got names out there of people who were down there. And we don't know which ones are dead, which ones are alive. A suspect, this is another new piece of information, a suspect who is yet to be named was arrested in connection with the kidnappings. So they got one person at least. I'm not going to mention these names anymore because I'm a little concerned about this, about notifications here. The sister of one of the people told the FBI her younger brother and two other friends were with a third friend who was going to Mexico for tummy tuck cosmetic surgery. One person confirmed to ABC News her daughter traveled from South Carolina to Mexico for a cosmetic medical procedure. And the mother, this is interesting, the mother warned her not to go. And she supposedly told her mother, Ma, I'll be okay. She said this on Wednesday before heading off. 
gosh. This is just terrible all the way, all the way around. As we mentioned, if there are additional details that come out about this story during the course of the broadcast, we will certainly bring those details to you. Wow. Before we go into this revelatory story about your health, because I'm a nice guy, I will take a call from Nick out of Matthews. Good morning, Nick, and welcome to the broadcast, sir. Okay. Nick, are you there? I believe Nick must have something else going on. Not listening, so we'll give him a chance to talk to us after this story. I got something very simple to tell you that you can do to reduce the risk of an early death. This is something I've stepped up more intensely the past few days. Earth.com reporting cardiovascular diseases like heart disease and stroke, leading cause of death globally, responsible for nearly 18 million deaths in 2019, cancers 9.6 million. Many studies have shown moderate intensity physical activity such as brisk walking, hiking, dancing, riding a bike, or playing tennis, significantly reduce the risk of cardiovascular disease and cancer. Just walking. Brisk walking is all you have to do. UK's National Health Services recommended adults perform about 150 minutes a week. But a recent review study conducted by the University of Cambridge has found that even half of this amount, 75 minutes a week or 11 minutes a day, would be sufficient to significantly lower the risk of such diseases and could help prevent 1 in 10 early deaths. There's your takeaway. If you've taken nothing else from this program, just 11 minutes a day might reduce the risk of an early death. To clarify the amount of physical activity necessary to reduce the risk of a variety of chronic diseases and early death, the experts carried out a systematic review and meta-analysis of 196 peer-reviewed articles covering over 30 million participants from 94 large study cohorts. So this is not just some little survey or little poll. You're talking about 30 million participants. That's a lot. That is definitely a lot. 75 minutes of moderate intensity activity per week reduced the risk of developing cardiovascular disease by 17%. Cancer by 7%. Early death by 23%. For some types of cancers, including head and neck, the reduction in risk was even greater, 14 to 26%. If you're someone who finds the idea of 150 minutes of moderate intensity physical activity a week daunting, this is certainly good news. Some physical activity better than doing none. It's also a good starting position. If you find 75 minutes is manageable, step it up to the full recommended amount. You know, a lot of people, they're intimidated. They're thinking, okay, you got to do something intense like running. No. Walk or cycle. It can be that simple. What do you think? Have I given you something pretty simple to work with? Pretty easy to work with? I think so. So, if you have not done so yet, I would strongly encourage you, just get moving. Start walking. Just that simple. Are we going to give Nick another try here? Is he uh, listening and ready for us this time around? Nick, good morning. Are you ready? Unfortunately, I think that's a second strike here for Nick. I don't know what's going on here, but for whatever reason, not exactly ready. We have a couple of 2024 stories for you. Um, The first one kind of sets the table for the second one. I think a lot of people agree 
when it comes to Kamala Harris as vice president, this woman is simply not ready for prime time. She's just not. She's not. And we have a new incident with Kamala. I mean, boy, this woman, she's really lost a lot of credibility if she had much to work with in the first place. How about this? A, an alleged childhood memory, that's what I'm going to call it, an alleged, that's being used to bash conservatives. It's made critter users, Twitter users cringe, and people are wondering whether this is just completely made up. All right, you tell me what you think. This is Kamala Harris uh, expressing whatever is coming out of her brain. Here she is. I'm going to share with you a very simple story, which is that I went home one day and I said, well, what's, why are conservatives bad, Mommy? Because I thought we were supposed to conserve things. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't reconcile it. Now I can. Oh, my gosh. This woman is your vice president, ladies and gentlemen. Why are conservatives bad, Mommy? Oh, gosh. We'll talk about the reaction to this and a story about a possible 2024 presidential candidate for the Democrats. That is, if Joe and crazy Kamala are not up to the job. Stay with us. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. is the Vince Copley radio program. If you'd like to join the conversation, call Vince on the GS Plumbing talk line at 800-928-1110. That's 800-928-1110. Or text the Common Sense Retirement Planning text line at 71307. Now back to Vince. And we're back as we continue the broadcast here, I was going to go over to the text line here, but uh, just put out to uh, Chris and to Bernie. Um, I'd be curious to know what is going on right now with the attorney general, what he's talking about, because I'm not able to discern what that is yet. And if we have a source for it, um, well, they've cut away now. So I can think of a couple of things that he may be addressing, but if it is something pertinent um, we will pass that on to you. I mentioned a few minutes ago, uh, we've been following breaking news about the four kidnapped Americans, two of them confirmed to be dead, and we'll have more on the story uh, if there are any new developments uh, during the duration of this broadcast. Before the break we shared some audio with you from Kamala Harris who is our vice president and as I expected the text line is absolutely brutal absolutely brutal um we start here this person saying she's been working with the biggest president storyteller in history she's learning how it works yes well, you're in so much trouble. You got that right. Vince, per Kamala's recent comment, I could be wrong, but when she was a little girl, late 60s, early 70s, did American politics refer to conservatives at that time? I think she made this story up. I can't believe Harris made it through law school, much less to the White House. She sounds like a teenage girl who can't speak without giggling. That's really good. Yeah. This person saying that is one dumb. I think we leave that word out. Pretty scary, isn't it? So what do you do? What do you do if you're a Democrat? You're part of the elites who are in the midst of trying to decide how do we process 2024 in terms of presidential candidates? Joe Biden, 
it's pretty much communicated he's inclined to run again. We've heard that there will be some sort of announcement sometime this spring. But as you know, a majority of people do not want him to run again. They don't. They won't, don't want to see the freak show continue. So this brings us to this story. Where do the Democrats look to rescue their 2024 hopes? Well, Fox News Channel floating the idea of the possibility of Michelle Obama for president in 2024. Douglas McKinnon saying Democrats could look to her should Biden or Harris decline to run. Saying she's got the it factor and could actually beat Donald Trump in 2024, assuming he's the nominee. Now, publicly, Democrats, the leaders, they're rallying behind Joe Biden to be their guy. But behind the scenes, they're still mulling the best leader for the party who could win a standoff against former President Donald Trump. Former White House and Pentagon official Douglas McKinnon said if not Biden or Vice President Kamala Harris, Democrats could look to a past superstar to create a more viable ticket. Among the names of possible contenders, former First Lady Michelle Obama's name was floated ahead of the last Democratic presidential primary. Although she's repeatedly denied any interest in seeking office. Do you believe that? I don't. At 59, and with her it factor, she could emerge as a top candidate, and Democrats could look to push her to run. According to a recent political article, Biden faces doubt from some high-level Democrats who may only support the president because they fear what a Biden-less ticket could look like. High-level Democrats are rallying. They're rallying to President Biden's re-election, not because they think it's the best interest of the country to have an 82-year-old start a second term, but because they fear the potential alternative, the nomination of Kamala Harris, and ultimately the election of Donald Trump. Now, in 2020, Biden and Harris defeated Trump when they received more votes than any other presidential ticket in U.S. history. But just three years later, Biden has an approval rating in the 40s. Numerous verbal slip-ups causing headaches for the White House press team. And you can throw slips and near falls into the mix. According to the Politico report, a senator at the National Governors Association meeting in February went as far as to question whether Biden had the stamina for the presidential campaign season. Biden won his initial election during the travel-restricted COVID pandemic, spent much of his time campaigning from his basement. That was very convenient. It's probably not going to work this time. At the same time, at the winter meeting, a congressman said that Harris just is not an option. Other candidates could include those who previously won the Democratic presidential nomination. Boy, this is funny. I love this. Hillary Clinton, John Kerry, or Al Gore. <laughs> Could you imagine this? Bringing one of these retreads back? But they failed to address the concerns of some voters who want a younger president. Clinton, 75. Kerry, 79. Al Gore, 74. All of these folks are up in age. Aside from the fact they're retreads, Democrats could also look past candidates that generated public support, but ultimately fell short of securing the nomination. You've got Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders, Amy Klobuchar. <laughs> this is funny. Cory Booker. They could all try again. Warren, 73. Sanders is 81. Klobuchar, 62. Booker, one of the youngest among them. 53 years old. Then we've got Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg. And he's been trying to develop his own political resume. Boy, how's that working? <laughs> Over at the Department of Transportation. Not very well. I think that's what a lot of people would say. 
So, Michelle Obama, what do you think about that possibility? Michelle Obama for president. <laughs> Love to get your thoughts as we continue our Tuesday broadcast. Stay with us. Over on the text line, we have this. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Most people who are giggling are also lying. Reference to Kamala Harris. On the possibility of Michelle Obama on the ticket. Well, let's begin here. Oh, my gosh. Mrs. Obama checks all the boxes. She's good enough. She's smart enough. And gosh darn it. People like her. <laughs> yeah, you remember that, uh, what was that guy's name? Something Smalley, Saturday Night Live. Stuart Smalley, yes, I remember that. Al Franken did that, yes. This person adds, besides that, no one can say a word against her because of the color of her skin. Yep, you can imagine they would have fun with a race card. No doubt about that. Vince, the name Robert Kennedy. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. floated by at least one conservative pundit to run against Biden. We talked about that yesterday, I believe. Vince, do the Demon Rats really need Michelle Obama? Because it seems the Republican Party is fractured on who they want. They could lose against Mickey Mouse. Why don't the Democrats nominate uh, a tomato? Oh, my goodness. Since they love nominating vegetables to run for office, Jeff, that's terrible. You should be ashamed of yourself. I'm a conservative, but would vote for Joe Manchin. He would probably have a better chance of bringing the country back together than most. And is more of a true moderate. No chance with Trump. Hmm. Michelle Obama for president. This country needs someone that will fix things, not break it even more. Woke overboard if Michelle Obama is a candidate soon. This person simply saying, no Obama. Already. Just a sampling of some of the items on the text line. Time now to take a look at the day in history. Chris, how are you doing today? I'm okay. I wish I had it factor. No. Well, I wish I had the it factor too. You have the it factor. Oh, you think so? Well, your success would, would be testament to that, I think. Okay. All right. I think that's basically uh, the rock this, star thing, charisma, I, right? I'm sure uh, there will be a debate about that on the text line like there is everything else. We have a total of 10 questions for you. Uh, not necessarily questions, but items. And then in 1774, this would be the site of a notorious tea party. The British closed the port in this city to all traffic on this day in 1774. Is it Wonderland? Ah, so silly. There was a tea party in Wonderland. Boston. Boston. Or some would say Boston. Well, Boston might be Wonderland, depending on what you're in. Yeah, it might be. It could be Seven- or Wonderland. <laughs> 1777 is the year that uh, this power couple exchanged five historic letters. Husband and wife. One of them became president. George and Martha Washington. No, actually... John and Abigail Adams. John well, and Abigail. So uh, they're another power couple. I'll bet you'll get this one. 1876. This guy got a patent for the telephone. Was known it by Edinson? Th- uh, known by three names. No, no uh, Alexander Graham Bell. I'm you sorry. are absolutely okay. correct. Alexander Graham Bell. 1897, this guy served cornflakes at his clinic in Michigan. They would not be available in stores for years. David this Frost. Become a- <laughs> oh, that was good. I Sorry, like that's that That's the one. poet. That's the poet. He's so silly. This became the name of a major cereal maker. Kellogg. Well, there's only there's two, but yeah, it's Dr. Kellogg was his name. Dr. Kellogg. Either Dr. Kellogg or Marky Post. And, and this guy was no flake. Oh, okay. That was bad. No, no, no. That's 1923, Robert Frost published his iconic poem, Stopping by Woods on a Snowy Evening. You're kidding. 1923. I just, I just referenced him, didn't I? Wow, that's weird. Okay. 
Uh, that is intriguing. 1933, this big, monstrous character premiered in New York City. You know, the one that walks around and he's about the size of buildings. They did a remake of this movie a few years ago. King Kong. King Kong. Pretty scary character. 1955 comic legend Phyllis Diller appeared on stage at the Purple Onion in San Francisco for the very first time. 1965, today's the actual anniversary of the Bloody Sunday in Selma, Alabama. 1979, Voyager 1 reached Jupiter way, way out there. And another more obscure question, 2010, Catherine Bigelow won the Oscar for Best Director, first for female. And one of the things I'm sure she had to be absolutely thrilled about it, she beat her ex-husband. <laughs> that has to be uh, a victory that she really cherished for Well, if she went reasons. from that to winning Oscars, I guess. Oh, you mean in the, in the, for, for the Oscars? Yeah, her okay, competition okay. was her ex. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's pretty good. I was going down a different road there. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty impressive stuff. I cannot believe our time has come to an end on this broadcast. Thanks a lot for joining us today. And uh, it looks like another nice day out there. I'll take this for the rest of winter, what is left. Have yourselves a great day, and God bless you. Adios. This is the Vince Coakley Radio Program.